This is Sammy Pierre Douay from Goat Whore, and you're watching CMS TV. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken back once again for another edition of Chris Aiken Presents. And uh, it's a different kind of Chris Aiken Presents. I guess it's I guess the old ones are now going to be the different ones because we've brought in after only a year of waiting to find the right guy. We finally, finally got ourselves a co-host. Um, sneaking in from the Rat Bastards himself is uh, the main man on guitar for Stephen Piercy and the Rat Bastards as our new permanent co-host, Mr. Eric Ferentinos. Eric, how are you, man? Doing fantastic, Chris. What an honor. Thank you so much for thinking of me for your wonderful show. And I'm looking so forward to uh, an awesome future doing this with you. Well, dude, it's going to be fun. And, you know, it, it's funny because you and I, we have this habit, and it's really me and everybody because I never shut the fuck up. But, um, but with me and you, we get on the phone for like five minutes, and then it's an hour and a half. And then it's two hours. Every single time we get on the phone, it's like, dude, I just got to ask you something real quick. And then you look down, it's like, holy fuck, my fucking battery's dying because we've been on the phone so long. So it's better to do the show and like save it for the show because there's so much like comedy gold that just falls out sometimes. It's like, yeah. I almost don't want to talk to you at all. <laughs> you know, you'll get past that. You'll get past yeah. that because as, as everybody figures out, I never shut up. You know, it, I can go, I mean, as it goes with this, I do six hours with CMS. I'm doing an hour with you. I'll do an hour with Toomey. I'll be doing my interviews during the week. It never stops. And I never shut up. So <laughs> that's a prerequisite as a podcaster. I mean, you better be able to talk for a long time. Yeah. And you got well, it, baby. Uh, I can certainly do it. And you and I, we did it. We almost, I guess we would call the CMS like a trial run. And it went as smooth as could possibly be. I mean, it was like six hours gone in like five seconds. It was great. That was so much fun. And, you know, again, I wish it was under, you know, better circumstances, but it's weird how life works like that. Cause I had no idea. It was not set up for such a thing. Sure. As you know, the first time I was ever on the CMS trying to do video, it was a disaster, right? <laughs> this was probably like, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago, right, maybe right. two. And uh, I know I had my old Mac and whatever I had going, I think I even had two browsers open at one time. It was all rookie mistakes. And within the first three seconds, the thing just choked and my face was like, ah! <laughs> you know, stuck all weird. And Neely was just giving me shit. And it's embarrassing. You want to get your shit together after that. And so uh, I think that's what inspired me to go uh, get a new Mac back then. Plus I was, uh, you know, for studio stuff, needed something a little bit more powerful for music. Sure. So I had upgraded the Mac, and then um, my girl Susie had got me this mic probably a year and a half ago, uh, or two years ago for my birthday, actually. Okay. I've only used it one time, and it was when we did the cover for Girls on Film, Stephen Pierce. Oh, nice. And if you've heard that, yeah, I, I, there's some background vocals I do uh from like the middle of the song out and i did it on this microphone that's what i christened the microphone with was the duran duran cover nice <laughs> but you were surprised to see i had my shit together 
I was. I was like, when when, <laughs> you, when you came to the show the other day, I was like, holy shit, look at this guy with the fucking nice pro mic. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then you, uh, I, I mean, that was so kind of you to offer me the show, but uh, I thought about it and I'm like, man, I got to go big on this and get a green screen like right away. Sure. And I, I hate Amazon, but you know, they are good for that. If you need something in a hurry. Mm-hmm. They could certainly get it to your door within two days. It was right. only like an extra twenty bucks, and here we could kick off the first episode in style. Right on. Yeah, no, it looks it looks fantastic. We got the greens and, and really we got the green screen together in, in like five minutes. From, <laughs> Chris from out of watch connected. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of a disastrous first setup because I just got this uh green screen today and I was thought I could get away with going long ways with it. right and then chris could see my mom cooking dinner on the side over there so i had to pull the screen a little for, <laughs> for nice me. yeah <laughs> well dude here's what i'm thinking we're gonna do and i, I want to make sure everybody knows uh uh chris aiken presents as as people that have been following along know comes out three days a week it comes out monday wednesday friday um over at cmspn.com at cms network and it's going to continue to do that. Now, what I'm thinking is we, you and I, will do for sure one episode a week. That'll just be us bullshitting about whatever the fuck we talk about. Anything and, then, and everything. And then the other two episodes will be the interview stuff that we still do. Because I, you know, I like doing the interviews. And at some point, uh, you know, unlike... Unlike me, Eric has to make money. So, <laughs> you know, so I don't know that Eric can get in on every one of these interviews, but we'll start working Eric in on some of the interviews if he wants to and gets in, you know, start doing some of that stuff as well in the future. But no matter what, you're still going to get three episodes a week of Chris Aiken Presents. So make sure that you do all the podcasty stuff, subscribe to channels and leave likes and comments and all that shit. Okay. Part of the family. That's, That's right. That's right. All right, man. Well, let's, why don't we, why don't we start here, man? Um, you obviously, for people that don't know, you're obviously in Stephen Piercy's band and that, that puts you on the road a lot. And, and it puts you out with a lot of bands that are out there, you know, in less than the form that people remember them from in the eighties. Yeah. That's right. You know, so one of the things I, I wanted to, to talk about tonight was um, I wanted to talk about these, these bands that are using reunions as cheap pop simply to make money. And, and we, there's a lot of them being announced right now. They're sort of reunions, but they're not. You know, we can, we can point to Pantera, which I, I, I've said on every show that I've been, I am for sure going to go. I'm a Pantera mm -hmm. junkie. I 1000% will be going. That being said, I'm also a realist. I'm also looking at that kind of a thing. And I'm saying they're definitely doing it to make money. They're not doing it because they had some great passion to redo those songs and to perform them once again. They have the passion to make dollars and they can make more money with the name. You don't Pantera. think that there's any, you don't think there's any passion to play the songs again for Rex or, uh phil i mean he started the, the the audiences with playing some pantera stuff okay out of the legals shows and some of his other side stuff yeah. and the crowd can't get enough so he knows that they love when he does it true he is the original voice at least they got that 
but mm-hmm. it is weird. I mean, Pantera's it is seems like some kind of blasphemy of sorts. I'll give you that, you know. Yeah, it's it's I mean, but it's happening more and more. And this is this is where I'm you know, you're out there with a lot of these guys, so you you probably have a different insight. I'm not asking you to sell anybody out. I'll do all the right. bashing no, and yeah. selling people out here. But and I'll point to oh. one who you know I am definitely friends with, but Dokken. Dokken right. has been out for the last year with George Lynch coming up and playing the last three songs with them. And they advertise it as a Dokken Lynch reunion. It's on mm-hmm. every flyer. It's not a it's not a really a reunion. It's George Lynch making a, a cameo on That's the right. show, really. I mean, it's three songs, it's not the whole set. Better than and, a hologram or something. Yeah, uh, of course. But, but but you know as well as I do, by doing that, it's raising the it's raising the cost to the casino, five G's. Sure. So so do you think do you think that and, and uh, I guess my question is is it okay to do it for cheap pop and or just to make money? It's okay, man. You know, there's so many for for that era of music there's so many middle-aged people that it was such an important part of their lives and they'll take any kind of uh celebration of that and if they get to say man if i got to see it before i died you know don and george were on the same stage and i mean it's not like um you know they're playing arenas you know and the tickets are 500 dollars. i mean i i don't know exactly what's i'm sure Dawkins playing similar size venues to what we play. Sure. You know, and there's some, some, uh, they're possibly even intimate venues. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, it, these guys aren't going to live forever. And it's like, if they're able to get out there in some capacity and make some more money on the way out, it could be a win for everybody. But it sucks that it can't be all the original dudes it really does but it's just not realistic and there's bills to pay and i do see it from their side Mm -hmm. you know i i've had tours drop out where it was just financially devastating what happened you know because of that uh and then i've had times where we've had to do weird stuff uh once we played a stephen piercy show without stephen piercy (laughs) who sang Mark Torian of the Bullet Boys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what did you play? Like, what's what was it rat tunes? Was it was it, was it lollipop or what was it? <laughs> we did have we did uh learn smooth up in you really quick. Okay. And I think we did rock candy for an extra light little cover. And then Mark knew a good amount of the the old rat stuff. Okay you know the original stuff he knew so we we were able to put together uh, a good 12 song set and this it was an interesting gig anyway i'm not i'm trying to remember what it was it was part of some small town festival and they they really didn't care as long as there was a performance there i think that's what they cared the most (laughs) about but at at the time i think greg d'angelo white lion greg was in our band and if i recall he was tour managing the band also at that time and he implied to me that we might get sued by this promoter if we didn't show up and play and then we <laughs> talked about what we were going to do if we could actually pull it off somehow we were thinking about who we could ask and uh mark's definitely a friend and we know he had the pipes and he's a part of that scene and 
we landed on you know compensation a fair compensation and right. we did the show we did steven piercy show without steven piercy so did you have the piercy backdrop and all that shit up no and, and uh you know honestly we don't typically you know have a backdrop okay fortunately these newer uh setups that a lot of venues have it, it incorporate some type of screen deal right. where you can email the front of house guy your artwork and that's awesome when they can do that that looks so tight yeah but the old school days of dragging a big backdrop around that's not we're like not into doing that we right. barely bring, we're able to bring some merch we the piercy band you know is pretty stripped down uh you know we do have jason green traveling with us and he kind of takes care of piercy sure out there but we don't have a, a tax and all that it's pretty because they're mostly flyouts. you got to cut the price down you know right. the cost, excuse me unlike rat they they have like a bunch of tax front of house they have a ridiculous amount of people that have to go out and get plane tickets you know sure uh for when they go but the solo band uh you know we seven plane tickets you know that's where we're at and we make it work right on i right, changed my own strings <laughs> hold on i i gotta go back to i gotta okay. go back to the piercy show without piercy <laughs> so <laughs> so how does that even when when you guys what do you open with what's the first song what is the first song that we like you're in with? love or something i we probably did open up with the ugly three i would imagine we were doing that i think at the time okay so so you walk out on stage clearly everybody in the front row within 10 seconds knows that ain't stephen piercy up front right what kind of fucking looks do you get from the, the, the only crowd? benefit of this type of a weird event was that they weren't necessarily there to see us anyway it okay. wasn't like an isolated Stephen Piercy show. There was some kind of like small town, you know, fair or event type scenario where they just happened to be there. Maybe some people knew, but the ones that that were aware recognized Mark at least. At least he was recognizable enough. And I think when we came out, I recall it's coming back to me now because I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but we're yeah, talking about it. You know? Of course, this was this was in like I want to say 2015, so it was already. Okay some years back uh but i remember mark coming out and we kind of talked to them for a second you know and he's an awesome front man and he was able to kind of let him know what was going on and we, you know we were praying for steven because i think at the time he had gone into rehab or something like that okay and he just wasn't able to do that gig so we had like set up you know that we were praying for him and you know we we're gonna do our best to just give everybody a good time and they were totally fine with it and we okay you know uh we did that gig we did steven piercy with mark torian as a singer and it was nice where was this at i i do not remember hearing about this what state even do you even remember? you know i i know people would think that i remember everywhere where we play but i couldn't even tell you man it might it, it could have been oklahoma who knows outside or inside it was a yeah it was like an indoor thing it seemed like it was at some kind of small fairgrounds type uh, okay. area all right know, and an indoor rodeo type nice setup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, at the man. time i'll tell you we were talking about you know the show must go on and these things but at that particular time in my life in 2015 you know that would have really messed me up not playing that gig sure money wise you know mm -hmm. i'm not well, a homeowner you know and at the time i was just a single dude single musician 
but I've always had to have my apartment at least, you know, to keep my stuff and have sure. somewhere to, you know, come back to. And in California, it's, it's expensive. And uh, so something like that could uh, definitely, you know, put me behind. So I was, I was glad we did it. I did feel a little bad, you know, about it, but the whole thing was just so last minute, you know, and as right. I said, Greg was kind of implying that there might be some legal recourse. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. We didn't do it. And right. The guy, I think as long as it was somebody famous, the guy was like, as long as it's, you know, some 80s guy, the guy was okay with us. <laughs> Jesus making it Christ. Happen. So we did. We pulled it off. And the crowd liked it, huh? Yeah. They were all, all right. right with it. All right. I think I'd have been mad, but okay. I'm sure there were some people. There's probably some people that were like, oh, I fucking hate the Bullet Boys. This sucks. I, You know what? Honestly, I think that that I don't think they paid to be there, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I think it was just part of like some extra entertainment okay. that uh, they had going on at that day, um, thankfully. Because if right. it was some kind of big promoted Stephen Piercy event, that would have been really, really lame. Okay. But it was it was just kind of one of those weird, you know, uh, you know, factoids that we did a show. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking nutty, man. That's hilarious. Well, dude, I, I want to swing back to the reunion talk, though, because there, there's just a lot. Like we mentioned, we mentioned Doc and Lynch and and um, right now, right now, you know, Judas Priest obviously just got just performed at the Rock Hall with kk down and we were we were speculating on this yes on classic metal show just last week we were like yep. what are they gonna do are they gonna have both there or yeah and then and sure was... as shit i think i texted you the next morning i go look at this it was they're both there and they literally it was so weird they had them it, it didn't look terrible it, did it didn't look, look terrible bad. but it looked weird it was very strange the whole thing like inviting kk back after all this time of the weird awkward mm -hmm. that's been going on for the last year basically and by that i mean kk coming out on blabbermouth that seemed every week right complaining about something clearly a little riled up that they got this guitar player that you know is kind of taking his look and just taking on his persona really right and he he was ready to come back they weren't taking him back he seemed pretty butthurt about it mm -hmm. and it started to become almost a joke after a while people are like uh, it could be any article that would come out on blabber mouth people would be like well what is kk doubting <laughs> yeah exactly. about it. <laughs> yeah uh, no he he did it, it, it i'm with you too it looked very odd having them but they should have put them on opposite sides but it, here's here's my takeaway from this before we talk about the reunion aspect of it i noticed very quickly there was almost no interaction between kk and anybody that is currently in judas Pre he yes they let him play but they let him play and that's it like okay here's your spot stay there and right. like halford didn't come over there and rock out with them and they didn't really tipton didn't come over there and richie sort of stayed in his place you know i know everybody... i could see halford's like all right then you know you go stand over there yeah <laughs> go stand over there with richie my richie <laughs> he's like you guy not in my band go over there <laughs> he just it didn't look comfortable and then I don't know if you saw some of the other photos, but like Priest did the red carpet without right. KK and without Les Binks. 
they did like the current Judas Priest did the red carpet and then Les Binks and KK did the red carpet, but not together. So it really politics going on. Yeah. It just, well, and and I mean, look for anybody that doesn't know the politics of Judas Priest, I'll sum it up in two words, Jane Andrews. That's their manager. She, she, from what I've heard, and I don't know this to be true, but this is from everybody that I know has said that she had a relationship with Glenn Tipton. She didn't get along with KK. Glenn, Glenn took her side and that's how the bad blood started. Oh, that's what I've heard from a lot of people. And it's probably true. Let's be honest. You mix a Yoko into any band and it turns into a problem. That's just the way it works. So, you know, and that's the kind of, to me anyway, that's the kind of wound that doesn't heal. Now you've been in these bands. You see a lot of this shit. When the girlfriends get messed with that does end friendships on the road. True. Oh, I'm certainly, yeah, most certainly. I mean, that's how I got the gig. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. band was, you know, basically the guy, Mark Zavon, who had the gig at the, at the time Mm -hmm. had, uh, he was just reporting back to his girlfriend all the time, all the shenanigans going on. Apparently from what I understand, I wasn't there obviously. Uh, and somehow was getting back to Steven's wife, ex-wife at the time. Right. And was causing him huge headaches you know and it cost him his job you know at that at that point enter eric ferentino so the there you go <laughs> and 20 <laughs> years later warren has not has not heard from steven i'm imagining <laughs> well uh yeah you know they they do i think you know speak occasionally and whatnot but obviously yeah if it, you know bad blood i mean rat's got you know, a long history of turmoil yeah. and uh, mostly legal shit. Right. See, that's, I, I don't, again, I don't want to turn this into a rap podcast, but right. no dude, I, I, for the life of me, don't know how those guys can function. Once I've been sued by somebody, I want your death notice. Nothing else. I, I, right? want- I, mean, you know, I think the same way as you. That's probably great that I don't really have their fame or anything or, yeah. or loot or anything like that, that I have to worry about such things. But yeah, I've never fortunately had to like, uh, you know, retain a, a lawyer uh, for anything. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But that would just a guy like me, a frugal guy like me would just, oh. But see, I, I, to I'd me, it so ain't mad. about the money so much. To me, I, I just can't imagine. I mean, and everybody knows the story about Rat. They've spent millions of dollars in legal in the old days and right. even recently with the Blotzer's Rat versus the WBS Rat. You know, I, I mean, right. they've they've spent millions of dollars on that. I don't know how Steven today, other than he's way chill, he's way cool junior, as they say. <laughs> I don't know how he turned, he could turn around and see Bobby there and be like, anything but that's the motherfucker that sued me twice <sighs> i do not Steven get it has a good heart at the end of the day i mean he's that he's not he doesn't allow himself to be overtaken by bitterness and these things See, that's one thing about him I he's would. learned in order to survive <laughs> and, and live a happy life you gotta sometimes let some of these things go uh but he always looks back fondly on their on their first years of success okay 
you know, he'll always try not to forget, you know, right. <laughs> what they accomplished together in that first 10 years, you know, that's that, that was something very special that they all shared, you know, getting yeah. to that arena level, getting to that peak MTV. Well, yeah. And they were huge. I mean, they were as big as any band. That's right. You do all that together. You become like an iconic mm-hmm. band like that together. You know, they'll, they'll always have those memories. And sometimes just like any relationship, you know, as time goes by, you forget a little bit about the bad things. And then all of a sudden you get back together and you remember exactly why. Right. <laughs> you know, so true, hang out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and again, you know, uh, to be in the music business, you have to be a business person mm-hmm. and money talks. And when, when the, when the, the, the pay gets uh, high enough, you know, most guy most people will cash in and do it if they're paying that much yeah. and and that leads right back to the judas priest thing and, and back to the reunions thing now they've put the they've put the seed in the in the ground so to speak that they can perform with kk downing that right. will clearly bring asses back to the band not that they're doing bad i mean judas priest is obviously still doing very well mm-hmm. but it'll put more asses and more value at the tail, I mean, those guys are all in their what seventies, late sixties or seventies. They definitely got to be early seventies. Yeah. So if they're in their seventies, and you really are staring down the barrel of, you know, this is our last chance to cash in. Do you put it aside and go for the cheap pop, even though you don't like the guy, just to make an extra ten G's a night because you've got you know the whole lineup out there. Right. Well, there's sometimes uh, with a band like Judas Priest, I'm sure there is an integrity there where they feel, uh, you know, an obligation to do that mm-hmm. if, if humanly possible. Right. You know, a band like Judas Priest or Metallica, if there's any. Ch- I hope I hope Metallica takes Jason Newstead out, you know, for one final. You know what? I think Jason's the hold up there. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's those three. I think it's Jason. I, I I mean I I don't know that to be true, but it's still time. It's still time down the yeah. road before Metallica would be calling it a farewell tour or anything. Sure. That would be another 10, 15 yeah. years down the line, probably at least. Right if, now, I could but, see if that ever, doing, if ever, if ever. But I could see Metallica doing a final show with Jason. But no way are they doing a tour. No way. J- a Jason doesn't want to do it, and I don't think I think he's even said he can't do it physically. He can't. He can't do it at the level he wants to do it. And he's kind of got that Tom Araya thing where he doesn't want to just stand there. You know, he's used to running around and banging his head and swinging his hair and all that other shit. And did I tell you how <laughs> I, I, I told you a little bit about on the CMS about my story of going to see Judas Priest and Slayer? I told you I got knocked out at the Slayer show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a right. kid, I think I was only like 16 or something. Right. It was the South of Heaven tour, but one thing I don't think I told you was uh, he actually was in the parking lot and he hit me up for meth. Who? Tom Mariah did. <laughs> wow, he hit you up for meth. Yeah, because uh, just to refresh on the story for the from the CMS. Yeah. Uh, I I was probably 16 years old. I remember my parents were not in me into me going to see heavy metal concerts or anything like that. Okay. And my mom, in fact, specifically did not want me to go to this Judas Priest uh, painkiller tour. Okay. 
all right with slayer opening but i was like i'm going to this show i don't care right at all costs i'm going to this and uh so from my i think it was from junior high ninth grade maybe uh i, I remember going to the payphone and at least calling my mom and letting her know hey you know i didn't get abducted i just want to let you know i'm still going to this gig and mind you she had called all my friends parents and told them don't you dare take my son I'll, you know there'll be hell to pay if i find out you took my son down to this to the show because the sports arena where they were playing was was pretty 30 miles away you know i was gonna need a ride it's not okay. like i could take my bike down there or skateboard down there or something. sure uh so actually i ended up having to take the city bus okay which takes for fucking ever by right. the way you know you have to get all these transfers and, mm -hmm. you know, back this is in the 80s you know there just wasn't much by way of transportation back then but i, I got down to san diego sports arena and it was early i actually got down early there were sound checks going on and i remember he was out there and he was just kind of you know talking shit to the fans just you know and then he and he looked at me he's like hey so you got any shit <laughs> And I'm like, whoa. At first, I was like kind of stunned because this is like the singer for Slayer. And this is sure. like whatever year that was, what, 87? Or, mm -hmm. um, I was like, holy shit. And I, I was like, whoa, uh, like, what do you mean? Like some weed? He's like, no, some shit, some fucking meth. I was, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah. And he was just like, I don't know just went about talking to his fans and stuff i was like oh that was weird <laughs> he so, went to the next guy to find it <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> i can't fault him for, you know for that i mean you know our bands you know had dark days like that where sure. i'm sure we pulled into town and i, I could tell you that for a fact <laughs> i won't name names but like you know you know sometimes it, back when when our band used to really party and stuff i can remember band members asking families for you know drugs or oh something. yeah i'm like oh come on man the guy that kid's there he's 10 years old he's one here you looking for blow or you know whatever well dude i i'll tell a stephen piercy ish story uh when when i came out and met you guys at the kent stage and you guys weren't doing anything that was when like stephen was really like trying to be clean and the whole band was trying to be clean and I have heard these rumors forever, forever and ever, that anybody that used to be on junk that is getting clean, they eat tons of candy. That's like kind mm. of the that's kind of the fix. So you guys brought me backstage up into that little tiny room upstairs at the at the Kent stage. And Steven had had to be six fucking one pound bags of um what are those little square candies that come wrapped? um starbursts right star he likes the starbursts starbursts and he was just how you been man? he was fucking right. counting them i was like holy shit this motherfucker is like two days clean <laughs> yeah no he does he does kind of trade up i guess he has a bit of a sugar uh addiction always has there was a point <laughs> i remember where he had one of those uh candy necklaces remember those from when yeah, we were yeah, kids? yeah sure and he'd be on there just sucking on his candy necklace <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have that anymore but but uh yeah because you when you're passing through you know uh rural parts of the u.s sometimes they'll have weird shops on the side of the road like sure. some either fireworks stands or some weird ass candy store right and he'd go in there and just go nuts <laughs> get Dude, all this how, crazy how, jewelry made out of candy how even especially when bands are trying to get clean i, I would imagine you recognize it more but how how common is it 
that guys just come up and are like, oh my God, dude, I fucking loved round and round here, man. Here's some blow. Here's some. Oh man, that's very common. That's, that's, that's extremely common. But are they people that you know, or are they straight up strangers? Um, no, I think over the years, musicians have friends everywhere. They have friends in low places everywhere, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just especially I, if a, a musician's an addict or anything like that. You and they tour. They've been touring. You better believe they got right friends that take them exactly what they want. Uh, right. You know, if back in the day, uh, bands would have stuff mailed to them. Even you know, oh, wow. it was a different time. I mean, they've kind of hunkered down on a lot of that shipping you know drugs right. and stuff they have better ways of getting that but yeah people used to just mail themselves heroin and you know you know back then but <laughs> those days are over as far as i'm concerned as you know you know our country plagued yeah with uh fentanyl and stuff and so much fake you know drugs out there you can't do drugs anymore well dude Hard not drugs. only that i mean you go backstage to a show anymore and, and you know i've been you know, for a lot of different bands. So I, I've seen it all over the place. There's just nothing happening anymore backstage. You go backstage and it's like everybody's sitting in a little room. There's like four or five styrofoam dinners that people are eating, you know. That's right. Their, their little chicken thing. And it's like Wayne's World when, um, was that Wayne's World when Alice Cooper was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing his homework or whatever. Yeah. Backstage. Dude, that's, that's what it's like now. You come back and, you know, yeah. one guy might be talking to some chick and most of the guys are just like, they don't want to be bothered. It's like, yeah, leave me alone until it's time to get on the stage or, or they're just packing up their shit, looking to get on the bus and get the fuck out. Sure. You know, if anything, probably maybe after the gig, they allow, you know, especially if there's meet and greets going on or something like that. Some people come back and want to meet the band, special friends of the the buyer or the promoter, right, uh, or what have you. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just the band the backstage. Especially when we travel, we don't have too many people that hometown show. People might have their girlfriends and wives, right, and, uh, stuff. But otherwise, yeah, it's pretty quiet, man. Pretty yeah. quiet backstage, more more so than people would imagine. It's not it's like boring. Uh, Van Halen in the eighties. Yeah, no, it's dude. I Van Halen in the eighties. Dude, I, I got on the bus with Limp Bizkit one time, Fred Durst, on, on $3 bill tour. We were, I, I had my little magazine here in Cleveland, and he said that we were the first ones to give them a cover. So he takes me on a bus with a bunch of groupies, has the groupies stripped down, and we're throwing fucking lunch meat trying to cover their pussies. And, you know, oh. whoever could cover the most of their pussy could fuck them. I mean, it was like a fucking ridiculously crazy event. Man, and we should call Oscar Meyer and get dude, him to sponsor this. Dude, he might as well have. It, it was like a, it was like the fig leaf version of cherry darts. It was it was bizarre. It was we took these just square slices of ham that he had in one of those little fridges on the bus, and we're like, and it's sticking like too high up on her ass or whatever. It was the fucking shit. <laughs> I know there's a roast beef joke in here somewhere. Dude, yeah, no care. An Arby's joke or joke. something. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, it was bizarre, but that wasn't that long. I guess it really, now I'm thinking about it, it was. It was in well, the 90s. It gets boring. Let me say that. Like, yeah. uh, it's been a while since we've done uh, like full fledged tours and stuff. Mm -hmm. us, but what ends up happening more so is just the board, the sheer boredom involved of doing the same 
thing every day just traveling right. traveling traveling and you start to start uh, you start doing goofy things just to keep the morale up and and whatever and enter the oscar meyer yeah toss off you got going yeah well dude dude and it i mean it, it used to happen a lot with a band i'm not going to name this band because i know you guys do play shows <laughs> with this band so i will not name the band okay but yeah. with a certain band that i was interviewing one time and they are definitely of the 80s variety um i i was set up to interview their guitar player and it was at the um house of blues i think here in cleveland and i get led to the green room and the guitar player is in the green room and there's there's this girl that's in there that's you know got the glasses on and you know she's dressed to like to the nines like she but not like slutty dressed like dress dress like she might be a a manager or a um you know somebody, of somebody, yeah somebody like that <laughs> somebody like serious like that might work with the band somehow right so we're in we're in the room and the guitar player he is stoned just smoked into that's oblivion. just despicable i know it was terrible excuse me let me get my ball but <laughs> yeah exactly but so he, they, he invites me in he tells me to sit down it's me him and this girl and we're just sitting there and we do the interview we, we talk for about 20 minutes or whatever we wrap it up i'm putting you know back then i was bringing out bringing a bunch of gear with me to you know to microphones and you know digital recorder tables and a microphone or no 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 i was not i wasn't a waka waka walk guy but but i i had all this gear so i'm packing up this gear and dude looks at me and he goes this is really fucking boring is <laughs> and i was like yeah not a lot of fun until you guys get on stage and he he go he like gets up and he grabs like a radio and he turns on the radio and he looks at the girl and he goes all right, now I want you to dance for me. And the girl got up on top of a little fucking coffee table that was in the room. This is the the professional the looking professional dressed up girl, lady? yeah. And started and took off her clothes and just fucking got naked dancing. I guess she was like a stripper that was playing a role. Go on, go on. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but dude, uh, I was just sitting there going, wow, this is the extra. You know, this is this is extra goodness for me because I'm just the journalist yeah. guy. And he had no fears at all that I was going to tell that story. You know, he had Whoa. no fears of it. He just did. And here you said, are telling it. Yeah, and I am telling it. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't say who it was. So, you know, I didn't sell him out. <laughs> But dude, I, I've seen some shit backstage and it used to be a lot of fun. But the last right. few times I've been backstage at shows, it's just like I, I mean it's not that it's not fun, but it's just like all right, sure. whatever. Well, you we know? grew out of that a lot of that crap, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually finally hit an age myself, you know. By the time you get, you know, I'm gonna be fifty here this month. But uh yeah, you know, the the taking chances and trouble and it, it's a different day and age we're living in right now too, the whole me too bullshit. Yeah. Uh you know, who knows who's going to have a regretful time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're doing one thing while they're there and then regret it later and uh buyer's remorse or what have you and and uh Yeah. You're or, doing or, lawsuits or and bad press. Even, even worse than buyer's remorse is when you be you, when you be a guy that travels all around the country and you don't call them, 
because you're on to the next city or next and then they're like oh right. you fucked me and didn't fuck you, <laughs> you know I, I you were inside you me yeah i'll bet there's a lot of that that goes on out there that the girls just don't get they don't get that it's it's a 30 minute romance it's a 30 minute relationship 30 it's minutes not, well me. whatever three minutes whatever i'm into tantric <laughs> stuff sir it's like six hours yeah whatever no, no, i don't, I, I'm, I'm I don't sure do anything i'm actually it's boring it's i saw a meme like that it was uh you know uh what what my uh mom thinks backstage is or what my girlfriend thinks backstage is or right. what, what's really going on backstage and then show people just on their phones and shit on their yeah, Instagram on their phones whatever. eating a eating a sandwich out of a styrofoam box a lot you of know? us if, if you get to this age where i'm at like 50 mm -hmm. you figure you're lucky to even get that far with all yeah. the shit you pulled yeah you know and chances that you took and at some point you just gotta go okay man time time to you know be healthy and mm -hmm. get, get your eight hours sleep if possible which is impossible by the way right but i know well, that for us you know we we all stopped drinking when steven stopped drinking just sure. to which was a few years ago now right you know, on the on the road and i don't i don't mind it I used to have to get drunk. I felt to go out there because I was nervous because I was sure. having to, uh, in the beginning, you know, fill these born Demartini shoes, and it was like, right. oh man, it was like I would really get anxious before the gigs, and I felt like I could go off a little more if I had had a few <laughs> a few more drinks. Right, sure. Uh, but uh, that's no more. You know, now I'm okay. I played enough gigs to where I don't have to do that. I can go out on stage and have a great time and don't need to really drink to do it and it's it supports him too sure. i mean i'm drinking right now don't oh, it's not yeah. that i'm you know, <laughs> of course but uh no at those you know out of respect to steven and sure. uh we want him to be as comfortable as possible and so we took all that off our rider and we just go hey just double down on the candy on the starburst right there you go <laughs> <laughs> nice dude two two things that i've heard and tell me if they're true or they're not I've heard, I've heard that two of the reasons that bands have gotten more and more and more to where they hate meet and greets and will pretty much only do them if they're paid to do them is because they're tired of the dumb questions and the people themselves stink. And I mean, like actually stink, like smell. Ah, uh, uh, oh, we smell too, man. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but you just played a show. Yeah, There's yeah a we just played a show. A lot of times we're wearing like I, I think people are are taken off guard by how bad we smell. <laughs> a lot of times, because uh, some of these stage outfits you can't just throw them in the wash. You right. Know what I mean, so <laughs> there's some uh, some stank, some funk. Nice. They get to, <laughs> they get the funk. So what do you um, do with them when you get home? Throw them away or or dry clean them or no, what? No, you just spray some Lysol <laughs> on them. <laughs> no, it's been I haven't worn like uh, actual like leather or vinyl pants or something in a, in a while. I've had more jeans, so I would actually am able to like wash my pants once in a while. But there's been times where I had outfits I wore that you just couldn't do much with it, and it would get real stank. And Ugh. but the big problem is if you're on a tour, is your stuff never dries. Like say you right. go out on a tour, you, you have like your couple outfits you you got together for it. You know, you're not mm -hmm. Dolly Parton going out there. You know, with right. hundred outfits, you got like two or three things you could possibly wear on this tour and the problem is you're so sweaty and everything's getting put away and you're traveling it just gets moldy and right. stank so fast 
if it's a summer tour, you're like hanging your stuff out on the bus uh, outside on the rear view mirror, the side <laughs> view mirror and stuff, uh, trying to dry it. But I remember using that Lysol. I was like, hey, it kills 99.9% of germs. <laughs> <laughs> Whole bottle every night. <laughs> yeah, I just would just spray that in the crotch everywhere. And I mean, you're not even showering on 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 those. I don't think people realize like if sure uh, unless your band's at like a uh, you know some type of arena level where you're on a bus and they're giving you each hotel rooms typically right. you're on a bus, that bus is at least five grand a week uh, you know then you put the driver in the gas right. today i couldn't imagine it's probably close to t- you know eight to ten grand a week to sure you know, fuel the wear diesel where it's at uh and stuff so you're sleeping on the bus you're right. in the band you're you're sleeping on that bus you're living on that bus you're not showering like right. a normal person okay you're doing you know sink showers you're like a homeless person you're living right. like a freaking homeless person on there you're on this million dollar bus and you're wiping your balls with a towel and some soap from the sink <laughs> jesus christ yeah. And you're thrilled when you get to a venue that actually has a shower, right? Uh, not me personally, because I do get skeeved on like any kind of public you right. know, thing. I have done it. There's been times where I there was no choice. We by the time we got into town uh, to the show, like I would have to say we flew in or something. I had to you know shower at the place. But that's pretty rare, right? <laughs> but like uh, House of Blues places like that. Once you get to that level, they have showers. They do have that there. So okay. Very if cool. it's been a few days, I would probably do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, look, you got to, you got to. You want to, you want to get diseased or whatever from fucking not washing <laughs> your balls. <laughs> baby wipes, right? That was yeah. another thing. You, the baby wipes is a. Uh, you want to definitely have those out there. Right. Get those. They can the cool you down a little bit too if it's right a hot on. tour and the air conditioning on the bus goes out or something. Hell yeah, dude! Crazy shit. So, all right, man. Well, let's 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 pick up on something a little bit different here. Um. I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, Guns N' Roses uh, last Friday released the super deluxe edition of Use Your Illusions. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's massive. It's um, 77 songs. I mean, it's, it's really a monster collection. It's remasters of the, the original albums. And then I think it was three full shows from that era, from like 91, 92. Nice. era it's nice collection i listened to the whole thing today actually all how did it sound stuff. sounds great sounds the live stuff that is uh, yeah the, the live stuff sounded great some of, awesome. it was, some of it was clearly um uh studio magic because right. i saw axel on that tour and he didn't quite sound like what i heard today you know <laughs> <laughs> you know but whatever who cares i mean maybe they took steven adler's singer in and had him could be sing it. Or maybe that guy's freaking amazing, right? Yeah, he is, dude. Isn't it weird how every one of these bands that you think has a singer that nobody can match? There's always a guy. It is weird. There's always like Journey. If you would have told me in the '80s, oh, there'll be there'll be ten other guys that can sound like Steve Perry, I would have been like, no fucking. But you way. really got to scour the planet. I mean, these guys typically that they find, you know, have some pretty thick accents where they start talking. You realize, yeah, they, okay. They, but then you find, a Dean go Castron- but then you find a Dean Castronovo that doesn't even sing and he can do a Steve Perry, like note. Perfect. <laughs> pitch perfect. Right. You know, it's crazy how it, it, I guess there is more than one that can do any voice really. 
dude, I was out doing karaoke on Friday night and there was this guy and he was, I even asked him if he's in a band. He was like, nah, I just like to sing these songs. This fucking guy might as well have been the tall Eddie Vedder because wow. he did, he did yellow bed letter and he did another Pearl jam song and he did a Creed song too. Did he pass and, out little blankets so everybody can take a nap? No, okay. exactly. Yeah, Go on. Brought out the ukulele <laughs> so that you could have a ukulele concert. No, he, but he was note perfect, dude. It nice. was, it was astounding. You know, well, I think good. the Creed guy let us know that they could do the Eddie Vedder voice. We knew that there was more. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not hard. You just kind of mumble. <laughs> <laughs> no, he you. is incredible. He really is. No, he's I, not. I, Stop it. Well, Eddie Vedder? I mean, no, he's not incredible. So. Well, as, as a lyricist and, you know. Okay, just, lyrics, yes. Singing, no. His He doesn't have too much of a range, you know. Yeah, his he's not a metal what, singer, but his range is what a quarter octave. <laughs> I think I talked about on the show how I actually, uh, when I was younger, uh, smoked a bunch of weed with Eddie Vedder. <laughs> nice. I don't yeah. remember that. I think I I didn't tell that story. Okay, I don't well. think so. No. All right, I'll tell you that one. But uh, well, I went to school in a North County town of San Diego called Encinitas. Okay. And that's where I went to, uh, like Sunset School, Oakcrest, all these. But uh, Eddie Vedder is from there. Okay. Uh, he's a little older than me. I'm going to be 50. I don't know how old Eddie Vedder is right now. We're in 2022. Uh, but uh, I think he's at least, you know, four or five years older than me. But he has a half brother that is my age that went to school with us. And a lot of my friends were friends with this half brother. And right around that time that that record 10, yeah. Was, which was a, a monster mm -hmm. record for Pearl Jam. So everybody knew Eddie Vedder was. Sure. Okay. So at this time, I think I was like uh, probably 25 years old. And I was just told about this house party and that's you know, some of my friends were going to be at. And I go there and I took some herb with me or whatever. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, who comes walking in but this dude looks exactly like eddie vetter except he's like five feet tall okay and i'm like <laughs> i'm like wow that dude right there looks exactly like eddie vetter and i'm thinking that's a funny thing to say you know sure. to, to identify somebody as a joke and they're like no man that that is eddie vetter and sure enough it was him and for some reason he just kind of do, 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 you know right gravitated towards me i think i was one of the few guys that was there that have at the time i had long hair Right. Uh, and he just came up and he was like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm Eddie, you know, and uh, how are you doing? Hey. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't have been <laughs> honestly, he was one of the coolest guys I've ever met just as far as like total humble. He was sure. like, he was like, well, tell me about your band. You know, he was like, right. he wanted to know about me and we were smoking. And I mean, after like a couple hours, I was like, all right, man, I gotta go. And he was still there. He had his guitar there and he was like jamming. And right. he just, I, it almost seemed like he at the time was happy to be back where it, to his roots. Right. You know, like at, at a, it was almost like that movie, Almost Famous, where the, where the dude goes to the house party and says he's a golden god. Okay. Yeah. Jumps yeah. Yeah. Off the thing. Wait, I mean, Eddie didn't do that. That would have been awesome. Had right. he done that. <laughs> Nice. But he did not do that. He just smoked my weed and then nice. I was out. I left. But it was pretty cool. And I just have to, I always think about that. So I'll never bash Eddie Vedder. 
Yeah. I like Pearl Jam, so I'm not I'm not bashing him. I just don't think yeah. he has any range. I mean, he's really really kind of a one note Johnny, but he's made the most of it. I mean, show me of, a video though where he's like hitting a bad note. Show me a video no, where he I forgot said. the fucking words. Yeah, he's there a isn't one, note. one. Dude, there I have this one. I have this bootleg of him in Chicago from like 2003 or something. Right. It's 3 fucking hours long. At the end of it, he's blitzed. I mean, completely blitzed. And he, when he's talking in between songs, he's like, eh, eh, this Jeremy. And then he kicks in the song and he, no perfect. It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing, dude. He's like just a complete mess. And then he gets the, the, the song kicks in and he's like on it. Sometimes he could be pretentious as fuck. Let's be honest. Well, yeah. It sounds yeah. like that's what he was doing. Probably probably was doing a little bit of that shit but all right but anyway i want to go back to this guns and roses thing because i have a thought yeah. here and i i'm curious what you think i these super deluxe editions that are getting released okay i get it i get that there's right. not much money to make anymore you know all these right. bands are doing this shit now. Metallica, mm -hmm. every Metallica record is being reissued with. Metallica was the first one, in my recollection, to go big with Binge and Purge. With and Binge and Purge. All that shit. They were the first ones to like put all that yeah. stuff to make sure as a fan you were getting everything. And they do go, go big. I mean, uh, right. I think the black one was like 190 tracks or whatever. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of, of material. Mm -hmm. The problem I have, though, is so this Guns N' Roses, like I said, it's the two albums, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2, three albums of, of bootlegs, basically, that they recorded and never released, 200 bucks. Ooh, let go of my balls. 200. And this is, and when you think about this, it's not just 200 bucks, it's 200 bucks from people that have already given them at least 30 bucks to own these originally. True. I don't think there's a lot of kids that are 18 that are buying the deluxe edition, super deluxe edition of use your illusions. Do you, uh, do I think any kids are buying the deluxe edition? No, they don't buy anything. No, they have their su subscriptions and that's it, man. The thought of paying for music doesn't even like enter into their their mind i mean yeah. this is all stuff for the gen xers and and possibly some boomers yeah that can so afford it i mean that is the awesome thing though if you do uh survive uh and make it to like i said your 50s 60s all of a sudden your yeah. fans come back around and they have money again mm -hmm. and they I can mean, afford this stuff now there it is i just put it on the screen it's an oh, impressive man. looking set that looks pretty badass. I'm it does. Does it, look, does it look does it $200 badass for a band <sighs> that you've already spent 30 for a record rather that you've already bought at least once and let's be honest it's been long enough most of us played the shit out of it so we've bought it twice. Mm -hmm. So this would be purchase number at least number 3 of this collection. Well, you know, they're going to break it down. You know, they're going to look at each little thing that comes in this package and go, well, a CD is worth at least $10 itself, you know, so yeah. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. You're, you're getting almost $100 just in the music. 
Yeah, th- okay. that's what they're saying. But. And then a poster, like, where are you going to buy a poster, you know, uh, at the mall or what have you? You're going to pay at least, what, $6.99, yeah. $7, $10. Uh, what are all those things next to the poster? Uh, they're like insert it? cards or something, I guess. Or, you know, there's some kind of, there's probably artwork that didn't make the the albums. It's, it's stuff guessing. you could potentially like hang in your house or something that you could yeah. frame or yeah i guess i mean dude the problem i have with this is most people if you buy this kind of a collection you don't break it apart most people right. would never take it out of the box possibly you might you might be correct you know you might be correct there was a time when people used to have to buy a record every year if it was their favorite record because mm-hmm. they would fuck it up you yeah. know what i mean with the needle you know mm-hmm. and for forever the same big bands that the the the, the must-have albums let be it you know zeppelin or whoever Fleet yeah the Mac, eagles the greatest hits that eagles. sold 50 million copies or whatever that is right and they do it every year it was the weirdest yeah. thing like every year they would go platinum again and you wonder yeah. and it had i think it did have something to do with that the the platforms at the time you know in the 60s 70s even 50s going back right uh you know would wear out would even the tape you know cds Mm -hmm. you know you fuck cds up after a while you do enough cocaine on them (laughs) you know right or draw or or i don't know if you remember this or not do you remember what the first cd players in the car how bad they would chew up your cds oh right oh one guy i remember once i was (laughs) I was making my own CDs, right? And it, it was like a do-it-yourself thing when I when I had like my own band I was trying to do, and I had these uh, these stickers that would go on the CD. This is like a With kit you get from like Office Depot, yeah. And it had the little, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, thing. Yeah. And you press them. That you're your own like record, and you're thinking, yeah, man, my own record company, you know. <laughs> and I'm making all this stuff, and uh, but you know, when I went on the road and I was selling them, I think I got to some places where it was like really fucking hot right you know and so people be in their car and then that that sticker would start to come up right that's you know like well man i know your record really good because i've been able to get out of my car for two years (laughs) uh that's hilarious yeah and and that that is so true dude those those sticker things never did it that the paper wore off in like you know three plays or whatever because just to see especially the early cd players they got hot Mm-hmm. They, they got hot just from spinning with a laser hitting it. You know, they yeah. didn't know what they were doing. It was like a fucking early microwave. You get too close to it, your fucking hair file out. <laughs> they got scratched up. You know, they would last longer than a record. I mean, they wouldn't have the pop factor that records right. would have from dropping the needle. Because let's face it, from our generation, a lot of the rock records were shit. You know, they mm-hmm. had maybe a couple songs here. So always happened to like lift the needle and skip over to that one song right 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 uh and, and from doing that it would just you know create these divots in the record uh-huh. uh and it would you'd hear these awful pops and hisses and stuff and uh so cds didn't have that but they were notorious for skipping oh know? yeah or you'd have to get in there and skip it out of the way just to get it to stop ding, 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 ding. it would just like catch on to some right. little stupid part and Dude, are you old enough to remember when you used to take your CD player apart just to just to wipe off the the lens because the <laughs> lens would get just a piece of dust on it would make every CD skip? 
I don't know if I've actually like opened up uh, a CD player uh, like that. I've definitely jammed stuff in there to, and hopes to try to wipe it down, but never actually took it apart. Oh, you yeah. did that? Oh yeah, dude. I had this player. I bought this one of the. It's my first CD player I ever had. I it was a Samsung piece of shit that I bought in Korea when I was in Korea, 1987. It's right when CDs were really first getting big. Right. And this thing was a bag of shit. It just didn't work for shit. And anytime, like you would look at the disc and you'd, you'd really look at the disc before you put it in to make sure there was no dust on it. Because if you put it in and had dust, any on it, dust at all, any dust, that dust would get on that, on that head. Yep. And then it would just be like, you'd be listening to like Genesis mama and it'd be like, ah, 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 ah. It sounded like a fucking rap version <laughs> of Genesis because it would just keep skipping. Oh, it was it was a pain in the ass. I, I remember I used to take that thing apart. Then I bought you remember the you remember the CD cleaners? Oh it yeah, was like a CD, but it had like a little piece of cloth that was like you could hook to it, and then you put it in, it would spin and hit the hit the light thing. They had stuff like that even for tapes too. Like yeah. tape, it would look like a tape cassette and mm -hmm. clean your heads, your tape heads. Yeah. And well, those worked. I used those. Those were right. Those were decent. Came with the little juice thing. You had to put the mm -hmm. put the little juice on it to clean the heads on the tape deck. Oh yeah, not literally little juice, but little juice. Yeah, juice, juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where where do you stand with the Guns and Roses? Rip off of fans or <sighs> acceptable because the fans want it. The fans that'll buy it'll want it. Is there any? Uh, before I answer, one last question. Are yeah. there DVDs involved with this, or is this pure audio, all of it? You know, I don't know. Uh, let me because if there's DVDs involved, I'm going to go ahead and say it's worth it. Um, but your, if it's all audio, I don't know, man. Use your illusion, super deluxe. It is, let's see. If it has um, some like concerts from back then when they were in their prime, that would be pretty awesome. It says seven CDs and Blu-ray. All right, let's see. A Blu-ray. That's yeah, got to be it's Blu-ray, that's some sort of video. Let's see. Yep. It says Use Your Illusion Super Deluxe seven CD box with 97 total tracks, 63 unreleased audio and video tracks. So there is video. So let's see. Great. The first one is audio, 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 six audio and then discs where's the videos okay disc number eight is a blu-ray but it's not even a good blu-ray it's the it's the live in new york city at the ritz at the ritz mm -hmm. yeah everybody has that show already yeah that shows that you I used to that play the shit out of that when it first aired i remember it was on all the time yeah and it's on youtube now you don't need to buy it yeah, but it's high quality, I guess of it. Yeah, I guess, but there you go. Is well, it, yeah, two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, I mean by twenty twenty two inflation standards. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's in line with where we at. We're at today, where everything's three times what it should be. You know. All right, let's go one further, real quick. So there's a vinyl version of this available. Four hundred forty three. Four hundred forty-three dollars. It's it's this same setup, but then it's all vinyl it's instead all vinyl. of CDs. Yeah, four times. It's almost it's three times as much, basically. Yeah. Right. 
Oof. Uh, well, you know, again, well, we have to get double, into like it's a little more than double the price. Like, are these like big vinyls where you open it up and it's got you know like a pop up book? Yeah, it looks it looks to be like wow, like that raping robot that robot thing, the yeah. raping robot from the original I, band cover pops yeah. out when you open up the. Yeah, I I don't know I, that that's appetite for destruction. I think, but um, right, the original cover. If this people is don't know. this is twenty four albums. 24 vinyls 24 vinyls yeah because you could you can't fit as much yeah because each a, vinyl has like three songs on it like well mm -hmm. again now this is making sense this is justifying the cost yeah you know shit i i spend money on all kinds of dumb stuff yeah, i just bought just... another bass i just bought a, i don't even i'm not even a bass guitar player <laughs> <laughs> and i just spent four hundred dollars on a bass that's a little different than the one I have, but uh, just for my home studio <laughs> and for bought some purpose? other guitar for like $400. I get the guitar. Why would you buy a bass? Do you plan on playing bass? I do play bass uh, to write the songs. You All know? right. I, I was actually tasked uh, last night. Piercy got a hold of me and he, there was a cover song, an old cover song that he wanted to do. And he tasked me uh, with creating it. So I was mm. playing bass just this morning, actually. Wow. Well, and it's fun. Get... Playing bass is a lot of fun, actually. Well, why don't you get some ballerina slippers in case that rat gig opens up? <laughs> I could take Juan's place. <laughs> Oy vey. No, yeah, I don't, I've never played bass live or anything, but I've certainly played it on, on some recordings here and there. And everything that I send up, Steven always has bass on it. Nice. I used to have really shitty bass, like a hundred dollar bass forever. Right. I used, but, uh, this one, these are just like Squire bases, which are like cheaper sure. Fender bases. Fender is the parent company, but okay. they have a division that makes their bases and it'd be either wherever, Indonesia or China or whatever, where they can make them for a lot cheaper. And Right. But they're good enough for me, you know what I mean? And I can make whatever adjustments. And I had like right. a jazz, like a, a, a Squire jazz bass, one of these, like, uh, I think it was a 60s vibe. Okay. Uh, vibe base or something that they're selling. And then right. uh, I saw this one the other day that looked so badass. It was like a 70s classic vibe. Okay. It looked really tough. It was like black and right. it had like this black block inlay on the maple fretboard. It just spoke to me. I'm like, I have to have it. <laughs> and, you, uh, <laughs> you fucking musicians and your toys, man. It's I awful. swear to God. <laughs> this my room here is I, you can't even walk in it you know there's guitars <laughs> everywhere i actually have to like start selling some i'm going to, i have some um a lot was going on during the pandemic too i was going so stir crazy that i started uh looking into like um upgrading guitars like soldering getting my soldering right. skills together and i would buy these like cheap guitars and practice upgrading them and weird stuff right know? uh and so i had bought these like inexpensive kramers kramer guitars and i like put some good pickups in it and upgraded them and tuners and i'm actually gonna um sell those i'm gonna have okay. the whole band sign them okay and i'm gonna fucking sell them there you go are you endorsed guy or no um i yeah. do have kind of a loose charvel endorsement where i have uh been in contact with their uh artist okay 
artist person, if you will. Mm. And certainly I could, you know, get a good deal on any Charvels. I own like four Charvels already. Sure. And then I have my old uh, Wayne Charvel telly. Right. Uh, so all their, as far as their stock ones, uh, you know, I have all those that I, I want right now. Maybe if they come out with something down the road, I'll call them up and, and get it. But uh, it really, you know, guitars are tools, you know, mm -hmm. they're tools of the trade. And depending on what kind of music you're working on, there's the appropriate guitars for it. As we know, me playing in Bow Wow Wow, I couldn't bring the Charvel out there. I right. had to bring the big ass Gretsch, right? You know, guitar. So if you're playing something in a band like that, you got to have the right uh, guitar for it, right? But yeah, four hundred bucks. Once you once you're like middle age and you have some just you know disposable income, you know, you do stuff like this, right? <laughs> you throw it on the credit card, whatever. You buy silly, stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this guns and roses box set just silly silly stupid shit but if you if you're a fan i guess you buy it right i remember when um led zeppelin how the west was one came out we were mm -hmm. going crazy for that we were on the road sure. at the time you know we had frank wilson of the band the arcade uh, guitar player he's a sure. huge jimmy page guy steven loves led zeppelin right and that was one of the first things they had put out in a long time i think since oh yeah their madison square garden song remains the same if i'm the, not mistaken that yeah that well since the box sets anyway right and i don't even remember what year this was to be honest this was probably like 2006 seven, right nine. sure it had been a while it had been a long time and this was like all of a sudden was going to have all these different angles and footage mm -hmm. that we've never seen before you know basically the song remains the same like they had filmed so much stuff at that that they had right. so much b-roll and, and awesome stuff and i remember that was amazing when it came out but it wasn't it was pretty affordable if i recall yeah well it was like three cds like 40 bucks or something it was not it crazy had this, you, you had a choice you could either take you could either buy just the dvds of the concert or you could get the kind of yeah. slightly bigger one that had the cds with the two but I think it was like, uh, if I was to remember, it was like the one I got was probably 50 bucks. And then if you wanted to spend, you know, 80 or something, you could get sure. the, mm -hmm. the CDs with it. But we we all bought our own ones like right. you know, that day. <laughs> nice. And then I think one of the techs fucking stole mine because I got home and I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to check this out. You know, and I like open it up and it just was em fucking empty. empty yeah yeah i was like <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> you motherfucker yeah uh, you're off the next tour motherfucker yeah we haven't had text since <laughs> i changed my own guitar strings ever since that day. there you go there you go because they stole your led zeppelin now we they know the do. reason they weren't getting paid much they just fucking clean us out on the last day <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah all right man well dude believe it or not that was over an hour <laughs> awesome man that was you easy this is so fucking simple well i'll tell you what dude you're the one that's the working guy out there so give the plugs where should people go to keep up with you steven blah 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 well i'm still trying to get people to check out my new instagram i only started it a couple a couple months ago months back but uh eric Ferentinos, that's my uh instagram so give that's me eric a with a k that is eric yeah. with a k <laughs> like the viking yeah like the, uh, yeah, like the red is, you know, Piercy, you got to give Piercy some love and go check out official Stephen Piercy, uh, dot com. Mm -hmm. And he's got a tour section on there. He's adding dates. We, uh, we now have two, uh, Vince Neil concerts that are okay. 
you know, now being, you know, advertised. And there's going to be more of them too. Cool. Lots of, I'm hearing stuff about him, but we can save that for another time. <laughs> Wait till after the tour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, that's about it for now. And we're, we're, I'm looking forward to getting back out there. Very good. And when, and when do you, for, when do you get back at, back out next is what new year's like, right? Uh, year's? it'll be a, a middle of December that we start okay. doing our thing. And, okay. and Steven's also got some cool stuff in Vegas. You know, Vegas is a great place for connections and he's sure. got some really, I'll tell you, that's one thing about that guy. He always has hopeful, cool shit going on. There you, you go. Know? And he's always excited about it. And I love that about him, you know, Very but he was cool. telling me some, some really far out futuristic stuff that the Piercy band's going to be nice uh, involved with. So there'll be good news coming down the pike. Very good. Well, all right, man. Well, um, for me, you can just follow me at, um, you know, chrisaiken.net, which is now Eric's home as well, you know, where you could get all the Chris Aiken stuff, whether it is Chris Aiken presents or talk to me or, you know, CMS is linked off of there somehow. If you want that stuff, you can buy a cameo from me if you want a cameo from me. And I don't know why you're not on cameo, Eric. I, I, you know, it's so funny you said that because I am now with this show, I feel like I'm worthy of doing it. And plus, I feel bad. Some or totally nice guy on my social media had like pretty much begged me to, to do some kind of video birthday thing for him. You know, he was very specific right. too. <laughs> like, okay, look, man, I, I'm going to be turned 53. <laughs> I need you to do this eight second clip. And what I want you to do is play wanted man on the guitar. And then when it gets to the one lyric, I want you to say this, you know, and it oh, was wow. like, I was like, wow. And I was fucking tired. I had a long ass day and I was going to do it. But I was like, man, people get paid for that. You know what I mean? I need to like, do a cameo and just yeah. like send them the link and go here you go man i'll, I'll be all, all yeah done, dude cameo is great it's great little bit of side money you know? i'm gonna do it and all right you, i'll, uh, I'll put you in you touch if you, on how it goes I'll, I'll put you in touch if you need a connection because i thank you sir i certainly have a connection until then just check out chris aiken's cameo and that's right have them tell your 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 someone you hate fuck you pal and exactly and believe me i do some weird ones my fans <laughs> <laughs> my fans everything they want me to do is gay everything oh, everything they want me to do is talking about how much i like to suck neely's dick or to fucking um how much flock of seagulls is my favorite band of all time or you know you know everything <laughs> everything that i do and i'll do them i don't care you know i really don't <laughs> give a shit you're fucking dropping money in my pocket. Yeah, I guess if they're paying. Yeah, know. whatever. You can give I haven't heard Pierce you say too much. He he does. He has a very lucrative. Uh, it, it's all about where you set your 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 price point. At. Yeah. I guess if you're a whack packer, you do it for cheap. You know. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I I think I I think mine is like ten or twelve bucks or something like that. I mean, it's cheap, but right. It's just fun, and it just look, pays my pays my gas bill or whatever there you go <laughs> yes one less pays bill the internet bills when you keep doing this yeah and people well get at some point we got to do that like uh you know or with the platforms we're on if, if people are able to tip us or something like sure. that you know i've seen other people have Dude, tips, we could do that we could do that if we you know eventually we'll get to where we're comfortable and we'll start doing these live and you know and, right. we'll, and we'll use rumble rants or whatever and and do mm -hmm. like the, the super chats or whatever that's right it's all good with me fine <laughs> well this was so much fun man and i'm looking forward to doing this every week with you hell yeah it's gonna be great thank you again all right well then let's wrap it up here for chris aiken presents i am chris aiken i am eric farantinos 
and we both will, and we both will be again next week. I promise. We'll we see will. you next week, everybody. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.